Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. Today I'd like to welcome back our guest, nutritionist Jill Brooke, who's also a very good friend of mine. Thank you for joining us, Jill. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for all you do. Could you tell us, you know, your backstory, your history and what you're doing? Your thing. Let's see. So my backstory, I would say that I was a healthy young adult doing a million things as we tend to do when I started having little niggling health issues. And it started with rashes and itching and some GI issues. I started kind of slowly passing out sometimes after meals or when I'd smell weird things. Um, I was having a lot of leg pain when I would be upright. You know, the, the symptoms kind of just kept slowly piling on and I would keep seeing doctors. And I was in Pasadena, California at the time which had wonderful doctors, I imagine, but they couldn't find anything wrong with me and they didn't want to spend very much time with somebody, I think, who had a lot of issues that they couldn't figure out. So eventually, I guess we added a burning mouth to my symptoms. A weird one was that I would get pain and swelling anywhere that I would have had weight on very long. So if I sit on my butt for 10 minutes, pain and swelling the rest of the day. If I lay on my side, pain and swelling the rest of the day. So my problem was that I would run out of surfaces. <laughs> I would have had weight on all my surfaces and I'd have nothing left that didn't hurt. So I started spending more and more time in water because that was the one way to avoid that kind of pain. And the doctors just kind of kept testing a few things. A few of them would let me try something, but nobody ever had answers. Um, eventually, I did go to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, which I think, you know, at least at the time I imagined was the gold standard. Certainly, they're going to figure out what's wrong with me. And they certainly did a lot of tests and it was pretty expensive, but I came away with no answers. And so at that point, I just swore off doctors. And I said, like, clearly, I'm crazy. And I'm going to just gut it out and will myself better. And you can probably imagine how that went. <laughs> I tried, I sure tried. Um, but all in all, there was a 17 year period where I was just getting worse and worse. And I was pretty miserable. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't stand up very long. So I couldn't shower. Um, and I, I feel like I was basically an encyclopedia of allergic and inflammatory type symptoms. You, you name it, if it can puff up and swell and get hot and it's a body part, then I feel like it happened to me. <laughs> Some days I'd wake up and I would just kind of laugh and say, okay, where's it going to be today? What's going to hurt today? Is it going to be my elbow? Is it going to be my eyeball? You know, what is it going to be? Um, and so my, my, my poor dear husband 
was so supportive and encouraging. And he did a lot of things to try to just make me able to live with it. You know, at first, I could not stand up very long without passing out. But if I was walking really fast, then I was okay. And so this dear man, he would do like the Avon three-day walk with me and 3,000 other women because my idea of a good time was spending the weekend just walking the entire time because at least then I wouldn't pass out. Um, We moved six times to colder climates because if I stayed cold and shivering, then I wouldn't pass out and I wouldn't have as much leg pain. So we ended up you know, going from Pasadena to the beach to Northern California to Alaska. Um, That was kind of a lot of work and expensive. Um, But just with 17 years and no answers and thinking you're crazy, I, I guess you just kind of flail. You try everything you can think of to try. You Google a lot of things. And um and I would I would say it was just really tough. Um, I could no longer do my business. I had a such a happy, fun business in Southern California. I was kind of the the little town nutritionist, and people would stop by. Um, I had a fun program because people would do a six week program where they had to come in and see me three times a week, and they just had to pop in, and I was right there in the middle of town, and they'd pop in and and check in. And it was just a really fun, almost a clubhouse atmosphere, but it got to be where I just couldn't be upright. I would have to go hide, you know, behind my, my desk um, door and lay on the ground and put my feet up in the air. Um, and eventually I, I couldn't work from an office anymore. Um, I'd have to, on the drive home from work, park, pull over in a grassy place and lay down on the ground and put my feet up in the air because I was feeling like I would pass out. Um, And so it just kind of kept building like that for 17 years until, um, I guess, one fateful day where I was stung by a hornet. And that hornet did me the biggest favor. It did me more than the 19 doctors I had seen over the years because it made my hand puff up big. And after a few days, I read that I could take antihistamines to get the pain and puffing up to go away. And when I took those antihistamines, it was kind of crazy because for a few days, I was almost normal again. Even symptoms like I had stopped being able to sweat and I could sweat again when I took the antihistamines and I could be upright a little better again. And so that was my clue of what to Google next. And so... I Googled what on earth could be causing these symptoms that would be helped by antihistamines. And I found that mast cell activation syndrome with POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, was a pretty strong candidate. I Googled all that. I thought that's what I had. And I referred myself to, um, to the other Mayo Clinic um, in, in Arizona And, you know, you wait kind of a long time to get there and you feel like you're almost having your day in court, right? Like you're, you're finally, your case is going to be heard and someone's going to tell you if you get an answer or not. And sure enough, that's what it was. Um, And I, of course, like everyone, I'm sure hopes that the day you get a diagnosis is the day you also get access to treatments that cure you. 
And so, you know, there's the normal, the normal learning curve of, oh, you don't actually get a cure. You just get to manage it. And some of these, some of these treatments don't work very long. You know, for me, the antihistamines were great for maybe like a month, but then they wore off, unfortunately. And of course, then there's those medications that do more harm than good. Um, Hopefully they don't mess you up too badly. (laughs) Then there's the medications that you have to have a big insurance fight, at least here in the U.S., and so it might take you months to get access to try them just to learn that, you know, maybe they work or maybe they have horrible side effects. And so I spent a good three years trying things and, um, you know, some things maybe helped for a little while. And I had gotten to a point where I started fainting pretty hard and fainting during the day wasn't so bad because I could kind of tell when it was going to happen and I would sit down and, and make sure I didn't hit my head or anything. But my problem was that another symptom of POTS was that I would have to pee all the time. So I'd get up seven times a night to pee. And it started happening that when I would get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, that's when I would faint And I'd wake up in the morning and there'd be blood on my pillow and there might be blood on another pillow in a different bedroom, but I would not have a memory of any of it. So it was starting to get a little bit kind of freaky and something to be taken a bit more seriously. And so by that point, I was living in Alaska where there was no experts, no place to go for more information. So I had found um, Dr. Pradeep Chopra and uh, online, and he was in Rhode Island and I was in Alaska, but I saw that for a charity auction, he was raffling off a chance to speak with him for a half hour on the phone. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to win this opportunity because talking to that guy might open up some opportunity or window. And so sure enough, I I won it. I was determined. And I got to talk to the wonderful, wonderful Dr. Pradeep Chopra. And I remember that he was so kind. He listened to my situation and he said that he would think about what I should try. And he said that he would, you know, ask around and research it a little bit. And, um, I followed up a couple of weeks later and said, did you think of anything? And he said, LDN, you need to try low-dose naltrexone. And so I then watched his videos and I was so thrilled to discover the, the LDN Research Trust because, I mean, this is the place to come if you want to find the doctors who are thought leaders and thinking critically and thinking outside the box and who believe patients and don't just, you know, listen to what the drug reps say and then end their education there. And so I was absolutely thrilled. I had to find somebody who would um, who would be able to prescribe it. So I used the LDN Research Trust website that had, you know, physicians who I could contact online, because again, I was kind of up in Alaska where I couldn't really find someone locally. And, you know, by this point, one of my issues had been a real sensitivity to medications. I had had some bad experiences with other medications, so I was afraid to try anything. But so I tried the low-dose naltrexone, 
And within just a couple days, I felt psyched. I like that feeling that you feel when you're just like a little bit energized about something. And I, I would also compare it to how you feel when you have just gone for a jog. It's been a while since I went for a jog, but I do recall from those days how a runner's high felt and we're just a little less pain, just feeling kind of little energized, kind of good. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm feeling something. Something is working. Um, I also was having really weird dreams. So I just quit taking the LDN at night and I started taking it in the morning and that was fine. No big deal. It kept working. And before long, I noticed that a lot of things were improving. Um, you know, all those niggling inflammatory things, the energy, the mood, the sleep. Um, and I won't enumerate them because I, I, I did end up having my case study written up in the British Medical Journal. And at that time, they counted 42 <laughs> symptoms. <laughs> um and I, I just don't know how much longer I would have lasted in that state. You know, I wasn't sleeping. I at one point got down to 80 pounds despite eating more than ever. Um, I, I was not doing well. I was kind of a mess. And um, so I feel really grateful that Lotus Naltrexone came along. I feel really grateful that Dr. Pradeep Chopra was involved and making it known, you know, he's such a credible, amazing physician. And I feel really grateful that you were making it your mission to help people learn about this so that they could get a second chance at a good life when th things were falling to pieces. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's basically my story, I think. Okay. <clears throat> So what have you done since you have started feeling more like yourself? So it has been about eight years and I have enjoyed life a lot more. I am back to cross-country skiing with my husband. In fact, we cross-country skied every single day for like 150 days in a row this last winter. And in the past, I could not even get my boots on because I couldn't stand up long enough to get my boots on. Um, you know, back to enjoying hiking and the out of doors and playing with our dogs and doing all kinds of fun things like that. Um, but I, I also am so grateful that I, I do try to spend quite a bit of time giving back. So we do a lot of volunteer work um, for the, for the, communities that are relevant doing um doing data analysis for some of the physicians who need help with data analysis um doing some fundraising um doing the pots cast helping to bring information basically to people who might be like i was suffering without all of the with all of the information, but mostly I'm just enjoying life and grateful and I'm sleeping again. Boy, you don't, you don't appreciate sleep until you go a few years without it. <laughs> so what have you done with um, the knowledge that you've learned? I mean, have you got family and friends taking LDN now? Yes. Um, basically my whole extended family. I mean, the funny thing is we don't, 
we don't get together that often and we don't talk that much like with my extended second cousins and third cousins, but they all do know about LTN. And the reason is that it started with um, my dad and he had a shoulder problem and he really thought he was going to have to have a shoulder replacement because it was so inflamed and, and so painful and I basically said, oh, dad, you, you've got to try LDN before you get your whole shoulder replaced. Just try LDN. And he said, OK, if you say so. And it fixed his shoulder like he he was back to normal and certainly not talking about a shoulder replacement anymore. Um, he was probably about 70 at the time. Um, and then I had another family member who right before COVID was literally signed up to get a knee replacement and because of COVID, they had to cancel it. And so she was wondering, what can I do? You know, I, I now have to wait an extra, you know, six months or something until I can get this knee replacement. What should I do? And I recommended she try LDN. And she never ended up needing to get the knee replacement. And she's even back to leading snowshoe tours and she's hiking and, you know, basically forgotten that she had a completely dysfunctional knee. Um, so that kind of started it off. And then other family members heard about this. And now I don't even know why some of them take it. Um, I, I don't ask. I didn't want to pry. But um, but Lodos Naltrexone. And um, one of the online physicians who's available to um, talk about it and diagnose it, if appropriate, has become a pretty popular thing in, in my extended family. So, yeah, we are all believers. We're all very grateful. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me your take on the documentary we're trying to get uh, funding for. Yes, the MCAS documentary, Mast Cell Activation Syndrome. So, you know, what the physicians and experts will tell you is that up to 17% of the population has the genetics to develop mast cell activation syndrome. And so it is not rare, but the giant problem is that it is rarely known and most doctors do not recognize it or know about it. So that leaves people in the same situation that I was in, where you can just have an absolutely huge array of symptoms building up, getting worse, and keep seeing doctors who they do worse than nothing if they don't know about it, because they will oftentimes make you feel like it's all in your head. And to feel like you brought that on yourself is just crushing. Um, and so, so I believe this is a case where a little bit of awareness can go a long way because there are treatments. There's multiple treatments. LDN is just one of them. And so with a little bit of awareness from patients and physicians, a whole lot of suffering can be reduced. So that's the goal of this documentary. There are a number of really top physicians, Dr. Leonard Weinstock, the LDN Research Trust, um, very active physician, gastroenterologist extraordinaire, um, is involved. Dr. Tanya Dempsey, who is one of the very, very lead MCAS um, physicians and researchers, is involved. And they've brought in um, a handful of their very, very top colleagues to talk about this. They're going to have a few um, patients, and um, I might be one of them, um, talking about our experiences. 
And it's just going to be another one of the wonderful LDN Research Trust documentaries, like the Bullseye is wonderful, the cancer documentary, there's a few more. Um, and it's going to be made by the same team to hopefully do the same thing to raise awareness about MCAS so that nobody ever has to spend 17 years thinking they're nuts when really they could be getting back to a decent life. So how can people get hold of you and listen to your podcast, etc.? So at thepotscast.org, we have um, information and a way to link, or we're also on all of the normal podcast platforms. Yeah, thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. And are you on Facebook? Yes, so standinguptopots.org is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And for anybody who is dealing with pots, hopefully we just have tons of information to help those folks. Mm-hmm. And is there a website where they can get an email address or anything? So you can always email info at standinguptopots.org. Um, that's an option. And yeah, I think that I think that is the best way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, probably they can message you as well via Facebook. Yep, I'm on Facebook. Um, you'll find me there as Jill Bletner Brook, and anyone's welcome to message me. Okay. And before we go, if somebody is in that place that you were in where you couldn't stand up and you were losing all this weight and not sleeping, etc., how uh, this is a million dollar question, I do know, and it's open ended, but if somebody was that ill, and they find the right um, doctor to diagnose them, you know, and, and they're really at the, the end of their tether. How much longer have they got to hang on before they hopefully would start to notice something? Well, the good news is that if you have what I have, which is POTS and MCAS, there's a lot of things you can do that will make you feel better very quickly like 20 minutes. So, you know, the hard part, at least for this diagnosis, I realize that other diagnoses, it, it can be very, very different. But uh, I'm, I'm not saying you can be perfect, but I'm saying that you can start feeling better. You can start to address some of the problems really rather quickly once you know what the heck you're dealing with. And from there, I always say that, you know, on a scale from one to 10, if you're at a zero, zero to one, is a difference of infinity, right? That's the biggest boost you're ever going to get. So yeah, it's great to go from six to eight or nine to 10, but nothing's ever going to be as life-changing as the zero to one. If you can make it just long enough to get that, I think you'll make it. Okay. So on your website, etc., do you have um, doctors who specialize in MCAT, do you have doctors who will do it virtually? You know, if people are so thick and they can't travel, you know, is there a way of helping these people? Yes. And at standinguptopots.org, we um we have a lot of a lot of resources to get people, you know, on their way, lifestyle things they can do. Um 
drugs that they can ask their doctors for. We do not have a list of physicians who are available by telemedicine, um, but I would say that the place <clears throat> that I work is called the Dysautonomia Clinic. And there is, I'll just give a little plug for her because honestly, she's the only, she's the only POTS specialist that I know of who does do telemedicine visits. Um, so um, Dysautonomia Clinic, if you Google that and look, you'll see that there's a wonderful Mayo Clinic trained autonomic neurologist who will do telemedicine visits. And there probably are others out there, but I'm not aware of them, but that could be a good place to start. And could you tell us her name? Oh, sure. Her name is Dr. Svetlana Blitchdeen. And she is um, a really prolific researcher. She does a whole lot of online um, presentations. So if you Google her name, you will be able to find out lots about her. Okay. Are these doctors who are knowledgeable, do they all charge a fortune? I know you said that you spent a lot of money at the Mayo Clinic and you didn't get the results you wanted. So if people haven't been working because they're sick and haven't got the money to try and get better, you know, is every avenue very expensive? That is a fantastic question. And so obviously I'm not a doctor. I cannot give any medical information or tell people what to do. But what I would say is that if you start by reading up on these things, you will see that there's a lot of things you can do before you even start the expensive stuff. Things, for example, with POTS, um, doing extra salt and fluids, wearing compression stockings, managing your temperature, um, things like that. For mast cell activation syndrome, if you read up on it, you'll see that you know some of the early things you can do are avoiding your triggers, figuring out what they are, avoiding them, um, playing with your diet, seeing if eating a low histamine diet might help, taking over-the-counter antihistamines. Of course, low-dose naltrexone is nice and cheap. Um, and so if you don't have a lot of resources, you can start there and you can also start looking for a physician who accepts insurance. And there are, you know, a growing number of physicians who recognize what this is. Of course, that's why we want to make this documentary is to get every physician knowing what it is, especially the doctors who accept insurance. But um, honestly, more and more of the real specialists, as far as I know, are getting outside of the insurance paradigm because that only reimburses them for, you know, 10 minutes. And unfortunately, these doctors are going to need way more than 10 minutes with a patient who's so complex. And so I do think they're out there. Um, but I think that they are harder to find and maybe getting online and into the patient forums and asking around, is there a doctor in your area who takes insurance is a way to make the medical side of things cheaper. But until you do find that great person, um, becoming your own best advocate, doing the research, you'll find there's a lot you can do before you spend too much money. That's wonderful. And we will also, um, when we've made the documentary, the documentary will be sat on the LDN Research Trust website it will have its own page and on that page there will be links to presentation from other doctors you know really good information to help um, other doctors and pharmacists understand what it is and how to treat it so that's amazing 
And thank you very much for sharing your experience today with us, Jill. Thank you very much for being responsible for my experience having a happy ending instead of a pretty disastrous one. I think you deserve a lot of that credit. So thank you, Linda. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.